From Teacher Magazine, I'm Rebecca Vukovic and you're listening to an episode in our School Improvement Series. My guests today are Alan Shaw, Principal and CEO of the Knox School in Melbourne's eastern suburbs, and Ben Rigetti, the Knox School's Character and Leadership Program's Lead Consultant and WELL's Founder and Director. They join me today to discuss the Character and Leadership Model, implemented at the Knox School between 2017 and 2020. It represents the most significant change in how the school develops student character and leadership capabilities in the history of the school. One of the key aims of the project is to foster the development of young people of character who will be ethical citizens and community leaders. It also involved a major redesign of camps, excursions, outdoor education and community-based learning at each year level from year six to year 11. The school has documented its journey, what they learned and the implications of their findings in a report titled Character and Leadership Model, Student Character and Leadership Development Through Purpose-Designed, Experiential, Community-Based Learning and Projects. In this episode, we discuss what motivated them to initiate the project, some of its features, and how they've had to adapt it this year in the midst of the COVID-19 lockdowns, when all camps, excursions and community activities have either been cancelled or postponed. Let's jump in. Alan Shaw and Ben Rigetti, thanks for joining Teacher Magazine. Pleasure, Rebecca. Great to be with you. Yes, Rebecca. Thank you for having us. So, Alan, to begin, could you tell me a bit about the context of your school? The Knox School is, has an unusual context, actually, because it's one of the few completely non-denominational independent schools in Melbourne. So we are an ELC to Year 12 co-educational day school that is completely independent, no religious affiliations of that kind at all. Um, <clears throat> so we have about 700 students uh, in the eastern suburbs of Melbourne. One of the interesting things about the school is because we have no affiliation with any religious denomination, we have to be very explicit about who we are and what we stand for. And so we have published explicit core values of the schools, like many schools do, but we actually hang on ours very tightly. And indeed, we have um, a whole stack of behaviours and attitudes associated with those values which are published and which all members of the community are expected to uphold. So it's a, in that sense, it's quite, a, it's quite a bit different to many other independent schools. Yeah, fantastic. And Alan, in the report, you wrote, the Knox School, like all schools around Australia, must respond to the 21st century education challenge. How do we enable students to develop the values, character and capabilities they will need to be ethical, healthy and successful citizens in the global world? And I'm wondering, was this the motivation for embarking on this journey in the first place? Partly, Rebecca, but not not completely. Uh, I've been in school education a long, long time now and 
I used to actually be an art teacher and um, design and technology teacher. And one of the things I always wondered was why some of the students in my classes were the ones most whinged about by other teachers as being disengaged. And so I've always been interested in what motivates students, uh, how they learn and what engages them. And so we now know that we can teach, we can teach students how to pass tests and we, we do that up to a point because their year 12 exit outcomes are very important because that positions them for success beyond the school. But also we know that that doesn't necessarily teach them how to be active contributors as adults in the broader world post further study. And so those so-called 21st century skills are actually the skills of being a really good human being and being able to operate in the world of work and adult life where you need a whole range of intra and interpersonal skills as distinct from your knowledge base and intellectual skills. So we've always been interested in my career, I've always been interested and the school is therefore now interested in developing both of those kind of pathways. Yeah, and that leads well into my next question for Ben. So let's talk now about the character and leadership model and what it is exactly, because I understand the character and leadership model involved a major redesign of camps, excursions, outdoor education and community-based learning at each year level from year six to year 11. But let's drill down a little further. Could you explain what it is exactly? Yeah, absolutely, Rebecca. I guess following on from Alan, like one of the back in 2016 and 17, the school and Alan went through a strategic review process. And one of the key outcomes for that was to really look at a journey of character development for the students through the school and trying to be more explicit and sequential about that. So that's that was really the starting point for developing this model and how it would apply in the school. And I guess when we looked at um, character development and the kind of capabilities that the 21st century capabilities and characteristics that Alan spoke about and assess the existing programs against that back in 2017. I guess they they weren't really living up to what we wanted to. They weren't explicitly developing, in many cases, those kind of characteristics and capabilities. So we really had to rethink and redesign those and purpose design new character-focused and capability-focused initiatives in each year level um, for each student. Um, And in terms of the model, I guess the first thing was just to be clear on the aim of it. What was it trying to do? And it was important that, you know, character and values are such personal things that this this journey for students would be personalised and that each year they'd experience this character development journey. And importantly, the part of having a model was that there'd be an ongoing character development journey from year to year, and that would be semi-sequential. And then in terms of the specific kind of, the the model has three main components. And I guess I think about these in terms of layers, the core and then the first layer and then the second layer. In terms of it, the core, as I kind of mentioned previously, it's the student and their kind of unique values and character development. 
sitting around that is the kind of character and leadership curriculum or the characteristics and capabilities that we want students to learn. And Alan talked about some of those previously. And then third and finally, the, the outer layer is the learning model. And that's really how the students will develop the characteristics and capabilities um, explicitly. I guess I can go into, you know, in terms of the specific details of each of those components, um, you know, at the core of the student, um, that each student would work with um, teachers to have a co-designed character development journey that was really explicitly focused on self-understanding, on values, and the most important personal and social capability. So that's really at the core of the model. And then secondly, the character and leadership curriculum, that's got three key components. First, and we kind of think about these things in three areas, leadership of self, and this is really the development of personal values and fundamental personal capabilities like care, empathy, responsibility, independence, self-management. Then there's leadership of self, and this is really the interpersonal and re relational capabilities and helping young people develop that, how they work with other people. And then the third component of the curriculum is leadership as service. So this is developing understanding capabilities in service and citizenship. And Alan spoke about that, like how these young people will contribute to the world and their community. And then the final component that I mentioned, the outer part, is the learning model. This is really the how students will learn and develop their character. And this has got three interconnected parts. It's built on projects. So students being involved in team and individual character development projects that are real world based. And those projects are led by students, but co-designed with teacher mentors. There's an explicit learning element for each program. So there's explicit experience-based learning to explore the specific characteristics and capabilities at each stage of the program. And then, as I mentioned previously, there's a really important role for mentoring and coaching. So each student and each team has a teacher mentor who works with them to mentor them as they work on these major projects and also on their individual journey. We also made sure like peer-to-peer -peer learning and student mentoring was also a really key component of the model. And then the final kind of overarching part of the model um, that impacts on everything are the, the values of, of the school and the culture of the school. So this is really how the values in the school, the teachers, the structures and all the programs in the school hope, help develop and foster a leadership and service culture and the character development of students. So that's the, they're the four elements of the of the model. And I guess the point of, of the model was not to have a one size fits all approach. It was the idea that we would have a model that would guide the individual development of particular initiatives at each year level. So obviously the character development journey for year six students who are 11 and 12 is going to be very different to year 11 students. And so we wanted to make sure this model allowed for a personalised develop, personalised character development journey. Uh, and that's really what we did. So that's, that's I guess, the, an overview of the model and, and the key components, Rebecca. Yeah, and Ben, you've painted a really clear picture there for listeners on what the model is. But I'm wondering about the research that you used to inform this project. Could you tell me a little bit more about that? 
yeah, happy to. Look, research was central both within the school and then looking more at contemporary and international research. So Ellen spoke about a bit about the process that happened inside the school to get to here. We also looked at like contemporary international and, and national research in education, psychology and well-being. And that really informed the development of the character curriculum and the learning model. And then the other key thing that we used is we were really keen and we did this using ongoing action research on the implementation of the model within the school. So every, every initiative we implemented at each year level was considered an action research project. And we learned from that. Um, in terms of like the specific kind of research, so in terms of the character curriculum and when we analysed and looked at the international research and ev evidence around what a character development curriculum should look like, I guess there were like three or four key areas that it should explore personal values and self-understanding. And you kind of can see that in our model. There should be a focus on personal capabilities such as independence and self-management. It's essential that the model would have would focus on interpersonal and relational capabilities such as teamwork and collaboration. And then really importantly, and this is also, you know, you can see built into the model, there's a capacity for learning about service that young people finding meaning and making a positive difference. So that was kind of the curriculum. And then in terms of the learning model, like learning characters are very kind of personalised things. So we couldn't use a kind of status quo approach. So when you looked at the research around what are the effective ways for young people to learn personal and social capabilities and character, I guess we found that, you know, the program, it should be real experience-centred learning and try and explore and apply experience-based learning. We're centred on the direct experience of the student, then reflecting on that experience, having hands-on practice, and then being able to conceptualise that and apply that to their real life. That any kind of learning model needs to be sequenced and developmental. That's true of kind of all learning. There should be active hands-on learning and focused on specific capabilities and making sure where it's explicit about what's being developed. So often in character, we'll talk about, you'll hear people talk about, we role model that, but we wanted to also be explicit about it. And then the other key element that you can see reflected in our kind of model is that it should apply like authentic real world project-based learning is the primary kind of learning model. Um, so I guess that's how that's a that's a summary of how key research really informed the development of the model, the curriculum, but also the learning model, and also how we used ongoing action research. We implemented pro new programs as pilots in a step-by-step -step method and really learned from those and applied those to the new initiative. So research was absolutely central and ongoing learning continues to guide the model. Mm. So we've covered why you did it and what it is. So let's talk now about the how. So how was this new model implemented across the school and for each year level? Yeah, so as you mentioned previously, I guess it meant, you know, over this was a three year journey. So on over a three year journey, implementing a new initiative from year six, new character development initiatives from year six up to year 11, I guess, in terms of the how, there were, there's two parts to this, the implementation approach. So obviously that it was a big change process in the school. So before we did anything, you know, key people in the school community kind of sat around. We talked about what are the key principles that should guide this? 
And when we kind of talked about it, we wanted to make sure there was a real partnership approach between the school leadership, between students and teachers in developing the new initiatives at each year level. So that would really improve the understanding and also the, um, the awareness about the program. That we wanted to, as I mentioned previously, take a stage step-by-step -step approach to implementing the new initiatives. And we wanted to pilot new initiatives. So we just started by piloting a new initiative in two different parts of the school. We piloted a whole new program in year nine in the middle school and a completely new program in year six in the junior school. Um, and we made sure that each of the new initiatives were unique and tailored to the particular curriculum and structure of the year level, but they directly applied and focused on the key elements of the character curriculum and applied the learning model that I mentioned. And then the other kind of key principle that guided us was that we wanted to really think about how we use time and resources allocated to camps and excursions and outdoor ed and community activities um, much more effectively and efficiently. Um, so they were the kind of key principles. And so that meant over a three-year journey, we implemented a new initiative from year six to year 11, and they were very different. So let, let's look at the year six um, leadership inquiry. So essentially at year six, what this meant is we implemented a completely new full year leadership inquiry based approach, which had a term by term structure, and that was fully integrated into the year six curriculum and the weekly year six timetable. In terms of the, the detail or the what of the year six character curriculum, um, as I said, each term had a specific focus on key personal and social character capability. So in term one, we focused on what is leadership and leadership of self and with others. In term two, we focused on care and service in leadership. In term three, the inquiry focus was on creativity and collaboration in leadership. And term four was a culminating experience and particularly focused on power in leadership and in teams. And in terms of like the how or what that meant in terms of specific learning activities um, for the year sixes, I might just kind of focus in on the term two um, inquiry, which was focused on care and service in leadership. So I guess there were three key elements, key projects, explicit learning and teacher mentoring. So in terms of the key project um, for the Students, students worked on a care and service project in small teams with senior citizens at a local retirement village really close to the school. Um, the students attended the retirement village um, regularly through the term and ran social and recreational activities and interviewed re residents developing a relationship and they produced a mem memoir. So that was, the, that was their key project. In terms of explicit learning, um, students participated through term two in active and hands-on activities, both at school and in the community to practice and explore different aspects of care, to really put it into practice and to drill down what did care look like and feel like and what were the different dimensions. There was a weekly class workshop built into the curriculum which focused on care and where the students worked on their care and service projects with the senior citizens. Um, those weekly sessions also involved reflective tasks with, with the students and also direct teacher mentoring on the projects. We also, in terms of the explicit learning, students also had home learning tasks that focused on care in the home setting. 
And then finally, like um, the other kind of key element was the teacher mentoring, which was really important. So teachers worked side by side with the students, teams of students and individual students, um, as they developed the care and service project with senior citizens. And also the teachers mentored students on their kind of the development of understanding of their care. Each student had a care goal. And then, you know, more broadly, we really looked at the culture in the junior school. So students took on far more responsibility and new roles within the junior school as role models and running more initiatives and serving their school community. So that really gives you a picture about what it looked like from a conceptual basis, the implementation approach, and then what it looked like for year six. Obviously, the programs at different year levels looked very different. Yeah, and Ben, I have some more questions about that year six year level because I want to talk about some of the results now and the report includes case studies from those two year levels, year six and year nine. So let's start with those year sixes in the junior school. What did you find or could you share any anecdotes from the staff or students? Yeah, absolutely. So I guess in terms, we, we it was really important that we captured data and information from students, teachers and parents and community members about the journey that students were going for, through on, the, on these programs and what they learnt. So in terms of the overall picture for Year 6, it was really positive from almost every perspective in terms of student engagement, outcomes and learning. There were really, really positive progress. I'll give you a kind of picture of the overall um, story and then might talk about the journey and the story of one student in year six. So in terms of the overall picture, students were really highly engaged in the program. They rated it as eight out of a possible 10. Um, so they're really engaged and positive about the program. We looked at student learning and all the students across the year level could identify and talk about how they had practiced or learned one of the specific capabilities and skills that was the focus of the program at each term. And then really interestingly, students really valued it as an experience. So three quarters of the students, when we asked them, said it was definitely the best program or one of the best programs they've ever done at school in the last kind of two years. So that's kind of the overall picture across the year level. But I guess to when I think about it, I really think about the individual student and their journey. So, um, and I want to tell you, Rebecca, about one student, if I can, and, and this student's character development journey. Um, so this student, just to give you a back, bit of background, at the start of the year, it's a whole year inquiry, so at the start of term one, this student was really engaged and enthusiastic about the, the program from, from the start. She really thrived. You could see the student thrived in the responsibility, the independence um, that they had, that she had in the program, and really it was embracing all the activities and the opportunities in term term one. But it was really interesting in term two, where that I mentioned previously, where we focused on care and service. This particular student's kind of effort and commitment went to another level, and we saw that actually across the year level. So. Um, as, as I mentioned previously, the main project in term two um, was for students to work in small teams on a care and service project with senior citizens. And this particular student um, um, in year six, her effort and commitment to this project was really inspiring. Um, she developed really respectful relationships with the two senior citizens and they commented on how kind and respectful and patient the student was. 
Each time they visited the retirement village and they worked with the students, this student put in a lot of effort to make sure she planned and ran and engaged in an interesting kind of recreational activity for the residents and got their feedback on that. And, and the student really showed incredible patience and care when interviewing the residents for their personal memoir, which was another element of the project. So I guess that shows you um, kind of that gives you a bit of background. And I guess when at the end of the year, we ask students to reflect on their journey. And I want to just read with you a bit, an excerpt from this student's reflection on their, on, on, on their journey and, and what this student got out of it. And I, I quote, if I can, from the student, during the program, I've learned that one of my greatest strengths is care and empathy. I've learned to look out for others and to care for them when needed. The student went on to say, I will use my leadership skills to teach others what is right, and I will use my care and empathy skills to show other people that it's not only about yourself. So Rebecca, I guess this is a really powerful and I think important reflection. I guess it shows that the student had developed a deeper level of understanding about her personal strengths in care and empathy, and importantly, that the student had learned to be more aware of others and care more for others through the term two journey. And they were specific aims of the, the program in term two. When I look, when I guess when you look at the final part of that reflection from the student, where the student says, I will use my care and empathy skills to show other people that it's not only about yourself. So I guess that was really powerful because it shows that the student was motivated to continue to use her care and empathy capabilities um, after, the, after the program and to have a positive influence on others. So this is a pretty powerful outcome for a young person. Yeah, that's fantastic. And you use the word powerful um, to describe what that student experienced. And that's exactly what came to mind when I was listening to that quote from her. Alan, I'm going to come back to you now, because in the report, you say that you made many valuable findings throughout the journey of developing and implementing the first phase of this model. You also outlined some of the key implications of your findings for other educators and schools to consider. And this was the really interesting part for me. I was hoping you could share some of these implications with listeners who are perhaps keen to try some of these things in their own school settings. Look, I'd be happy to do that, Rebecca. You've heard the enthusiasm and passion in Ben's voice as he talks through what actually happened for these young people and their teachers. Uh, as principal, I enjoy seeing that, and I also sit back and look at how all this works within the, the larger scheme of things in the school. So what we've discovered through this process is that you can actually develop character and leadership through this model and through our experiences. You can explicitly foster and accelerate the development of character and leadership capacities in students. The results that we've seen demonstrate significant improvements were achieved for a very high proportion of students in each of the year groups from six to 11 that have experienced this material. So we've seen um, through developing something that is personalized and adaptable, something that's practical and evidence informed, the CLM model, the character and leadership model, clearly guided what the students should develop and how that would be achieved. And often it's the how in schools that's a bit difficult. Ben's explained how this was working. But we've also effectively and differentially implemented the model at each year level by having things that are purpose designing 
and implementing a new ongoing community-based aspect and project-based aspect for each of the students so that they're, they're actually out in the real world. As principal, I have to look back but, and note that budgets are finite. So you and the listeners should be aware that the budgets that we all had set aside for these uh, camps and experiences remained the same. So all this was done within the kinds of money that we had been spending in the past. I think one of the key things to come out of this is students as co-designers in their own character learning and in the projects they undertook. It's that co-designing builds their engagement and interest uh, in real world activities. And so that process allowed students to work in partnership with adults who guide them. And so they're, they're working as with adults who are mentors, but who are, who are not telling them what to do, that we're just guiding them. And so the engagement of the students really lifts and their sense of ownership and pride when it comes together is incredibly much more palpable than it would be if teachers were doing it to them, as is sometimes the case in terms of a, a camp activity where it's all organised by teachers. We go away, have fun, yeah, but we had no ownership of what we actually experienced. And then having teachers act as character mentors and co-designers with the kids uh, makes a big difference to the relationship between the two groups. Um, the, the teachers get a lot out of it in terms of uh, watching the students grow and the teachers enjoy structuring the learning so the students move into spaces and explore things and, and develop. Um, the teachers initially would be, were a bit uncertain about how they'd go with some of this mentoring role, but over time they, they saw it unfold and they actually could see the benefit accruing to the kids in terms of how they would grow and develop. So I think that changed the relationship between the two groups in us. And lastly, um, well, two, two more things. Purpose, having purpose design camps and excursions uh, to not only build outdoor education experiential skills, but also to quite explicitly build character and leadership capacities um, working together well, work really well and therefore there's we build this cultural and strategic alignment of the activity all the way through back to the school's values and the school's strategy and so from a principal's perspective I can see coherence in the program vertically from the big picture right down to the detail and I can see how it fits horizontally across all the range of other school activities that sit within our strategy and culture. Yeah, fantastic. Thanks for that, Alan. And I'd like to ask you about this program in the context of this year, because of course we all know schools are facing the challenge of navigating of navigating the COVID-19 pandemic and the lockdown restrictions. How have you had to adapt your program there at TKS to ensure that you're still providing opportunities for personal and social development while students are learning remotely? Uh, look, it's, when, when we had to shut down all our co-curricular activities, all our camps, excursions, incursions, concerts, you name it, it shut down and all the students were sent home, we sat and thought for a bit, thought, mm, okay, so 
what are we going to lose out of this? But actually what we've found now as we come out of that situation and our kids are back in school is that the very nature of the circumstances themselves and the all the work we've been doing around character development and leadership work, and some of which Ben's been explaining, um, has actually assisted us in this COVID situation. So while we sent the children home to do what we called home campus, the development of character and leadership has not been diminished. Um, We've, we've found that the new circumstances of having to build new skills and manage new circumstances themselves for the children and, in fact, the teachers, uh, where we didn't have any choice about it, has been a demanding but very positive experience for most students. They have grown into much more adaptable and resilient young people and they've developed their skill base and grown in confidence themselves. So let me explain how we see this occurring. Mm -hmm. So when we developed our home campus model, we didn't just move our timetable online. We researched good distance learning principles and built a new framework and model of how we would um, do distance learning. So we carefully structured and refined through several iterations over the eight or nine weeks that we did this um, to support the teaching and learning through physical distance and via digital processes. So we were actually asking the students um, right from day one to look at the circumstances we're in, acknowledging that the disruption can cause you anxiety, but also it provides you with opportunity. That we had the staff and the students, the clear focus of the whole school was well-being first. Number one priority was well-being and there was lots of check-ins and talk around just how you're feeling, how you're coping, can we help you with this, et cetera, et cetera. Because we know then if you can lower anxiety, then learning actually improves. Um, our class teachers and homeroom teachers and tutors were all encouraged to spend time building relationships. We, distance learning principles tell you that the amount of content you can cover tends to slow down. So we said, okay, we acknowledge this. Don't try and cover the same amount of material. Focus on relationships. Cover material as best you can. And we'll just worry about how it turns out a bit later. Um, so these extended opportunities of building relationships resulted um, from our notion around student and staff feedback in the earlier versions of the model and drawing on some of the learnings we had from kind of activities Ben talked about that have been occurring over recent years. The, we were able to build opportunities for student voice through our home campus model where we had students organising things for each other via digital means, doing check-ins on each other themselves. <clears throat> Excuse me. And we had a lot of student-led activities through our house and tutor system um, mentored by teachers and even sometimes prompted by teachers, but actually run by students. So we actually built collaboration and student-led activities into our home campus right from the start. What we yeah. then did was we took some parent and student surveys um, done by independent third parties 
what was interesting, the results from those surveys was that the parents' top three positives coming from home campus were the growth in their children's independence, the growth in their organisational and time management skills, and their sense of responsibility. What was the number one positive from the students was being able to work at my own pace and control the use of my time. It was interesting that both groups were saying exactly the same benefits were coming from this. Um, the second one from the parents was the support and engagement that the teachers provided for the students. And the second one for the, the kids was uh, being able to interact with our peers and teachers in a slightly different way. So the focus on student agency, student voice, engagement and relationship and wellbeing really played out strongly in terms of uh, how our whole home campus worked. Yeah, fantastic. And Alan, I guess finally then, could you tell me about what the next phase of this journey will look like? What will be the next steps? Well, what we want to try and do is to continue embed and scale up the implementation of the uh, character and leadership model in all areas across the school um, so that what we're trying to do is have school viewed from what it looks like through the eyes of a student so that when they come to school, they have there's a sense of coherence of all the activities going on around them and for them and all the activities that they're involved in. And so that we try to provide each student with a, a personalised character and leadership development journey uh, from the time they arrive at the school to when they leave in year 12 that's embedded in the culture, the structures and the curriculum of the school. So while we look at scope and sequence and structures from a teacher's perspective, we also then turn it round and look at it as the developmental journey through the eyes of the person experiencing it, the student. So we're looking at the next practical steps are to review our co-curricular program based on student affective and character development and the contributions they can make to rebuild our co-curricular programs as and when we're allowed to in the light of social distancing and the like so that we focus on character development and leadership skills, particularly the leadership of self at the initial levels. We want to adjust our curricular program in terms of time and place structures to provide students with a bit more of that control over their time. And that's a work in progress. And so the whole COVID experience, we're trying to look at as positively as possible. We've tried to use the tension created by having to shut down the school as an opportunity to revalue reevaluate and revalue the important things about what it is to be human and to interact in a school type environment. Yeah, and it's a wonderful way to look at it. But before I let you go, I know that you wanted to acknowledge a few of other people who've been involved in this project um, since it began. Look, that'd be really good if I could, because some of them um, have now left the school and, and I'd like to acknowledge those people because Part of my job as principal is to train up people for new leadership roles. So I'm very able, very pleased, sorry, to be able to say that um, the deputy principal that Ben first started working with, Cameron Batchelor, um, and the two of these guys started this program and came to me and said, look, we could do X, Y, and Z here. Are you interested? And I said, yeah, sounds good. Let's talk about it. 
So Cam's now gone on and become principal of Pulteney Grammar School in Adelaide, and we're all very pleased to see him do that. But he was he was absolutely pivotal to getting this off the ground. We have our heads of junior, middle and senior schools who at the time were Heather Ablett, Tony Ann Bright and Suzanne Van Streen. Their support and encouragement's been pretty critical, as has the heads of house, of Travis Parker, Chris Brand, Janelle Mathias, Julia Stopper and Joe Vanderpol. And we have a, a, one of our middle leadership roles is in fact a project manager for character development. Melody Matheson has been up to her neck in this material with Ben. And of course, all the teachers who are involved. So the journey of a, a thousand miles starts with one small step, but geez, in a school, you involve a lot of people, Rebecca, and those people have worked hard and long to see the success that we've described for you in but a few minutes. Fantastic. Well, Alan Shaw and Ben Rigetti, it's been lovely speaking with you today. Thanks for sharing your insights with Teacher Magazine. It's been our pleasure. Thank you, Rebecca. Absolute pleasure, Rebecca. Thanks for your interest. That's all for this episode. If you'd like to know more about the character and leadership model, I'll include a link to the full report in the transcript of this episode at teachermagazine.com.au. That's where you'll also find links to all the podcast episodes in our archive. If you like what we do and would like to support us, please consider subscribing to the podcast on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts or Spotify, or leave us a review.